Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello to you. You know... This is supposed to be a great job market, job search market. Even in the best of times, though, that's not easy. And our guest today not only had what he considered a failure in going to job interviews and trying to figure all that out, but then he rose up and did something spectacular with that whole experience. Jason Alba's with us today from uh, Salt Lake City, I believe, and got to be cold up there, I would imagine. Jason owns a company called Jibber Jobber. <laughs> I love that name, Jason. Jibber Jobber. It's, I'm going to say that a lot. He had a successful career in IT, and then he found himself in the job search market. So he realized right away this was not easy. I'm just going to say welcome, Jason, and I can't wait to find out about that story. So how are you doing today? Hey, Valerie, thank you. It's great to be here. We're, I'm doing great. We had our snow flurries this morning, and uh, it's super cold outside, but I get to work at home, so I don't have to worry about commuting in the cold. So I'm great. That's a good that's a good thing. And sit up a little bit because we want to see you've got a, a, a shirt on that says Texas. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. That's right. <laughs> so, Jason, tell us about that experience because I know that I and many others listening today or watching have had this whole job search enigma happen. So what happened to you? Yeah. So, you know, I'm listening to the introduction that you gave for me and it sounds very romantic and, and cool and fun. Um, at the time, it was none of those. It wasn't romantic or cool or fun. It was very discouraging. Uh, I was in a job search. I thought I was pretty hot stuff. I'd done all the stuff everybody said to do to, to land a job or to have job security. It's what they used to call it in the 1900s. Um, I went to school. I got an MBA. I was fluent in Spanish and I had really cool experience and, and titles on my resume. And when it came time to look for a job, not because I wanted to, but because I had gotten laid off, um, it, I just was not finding any success. And so uh, I start this job journey and it was discouraging and it was depressing and it was lonely and I was doing all the wrong things and I was getting nowhere. And uh, just one thing led to another and I found myself going down into a deeper, darker hole until I thought, I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And, and to understand what I'm doing wrong, I need to understand what the right things are. And so I started to dissect the job search and try and figure out what the job search really was. And so in all of my research, I heard a lot of coaches and, and resume writers say that you should organize your job search and that you should follow up. And I thought, well, you know, what's a tool? How, how do I do that? And 
what I saw at my job clubs that I went to was that people had spiral notebooks or they had Excel spreadsheets or they would even write things on the back of their hand, like phone numbers and names. And I thought, you know, as job seekers, we don't really have tools, really good tools. And, uh, and so what if I were to create something that would help job seekers stay organized and follow up? And so that really changed the course of my, my journey back in 2006. That's amazing. So how did you come up with the name Jibber Jobber? Yeah, so uh, I came up with about 30 names for this, uh, this website, this app. And I had a friend of mine from high school who was going to be involved in the company. And I ran all of them past him. And the next day he called me up. He was very straight faced and kind and not putting any of them down. They're all kind of dumb. So the next day he called me up and he said, Jason, I got it. It's jibber jobber. And I, it didn't really make sense to me, but I knew that nobody was going to have that URL. And <laughs> even though it was long, it rolled off the tongue. And I thought, yeah, that is it. So it, we chose that and didn't even look back. It's a great name. And you get into the branding space like I do. So kudos for you. You nailed that one. Let's talk a little bit about the job search market because when you were in that space and going through that, you said that it was a good market. And right now we are told it is a good market. So other than a tool, what's happening in the job search today that maybe has changed since you went through it in terms of how to approach going through a job search? So many people are these days, Jason. Give us some tips. Oh, yeah. Well, we could talk about this for days. Um, I, you know, about what's changed from 2006 to now, uh, when I was in my job search, it was right before the economy crashed. And so it was a great market. And everybody was like, oh, you won't be out of work for long. And, you know, just look at your resume and people definitely going to want to hire you. They're, they're, they're looking for you. And I was getting nowhere. And I, I know there's people today, even in this great job market, that um, have been out of work for too long. And, uh, and people are telling them, like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. And then they're not getting any traction. And it feels awfully discouraging to uh, be in a position where you're supposed to get picked up easily and quickly and everybody passes you by. And so one thing I realized was that no matter what the – unemployment rate is out there, mm -hmm. no matter where you are, you know, Minneapolis or Texas or New York or whatever, if you're out of work, you, you have a hundred percent unemployment, right? And so this whole concept that your job search needs to become your full-time job, I, I am completely behind that idea. Um, I, I've talked with people since 2006 when I started Jibber Jobber who get a severance, you know, and they have a four month or 12 month severance. And They'll come to me when their severance runs out and they're like, okay, now I'm ready to start a job search. And I'm like, oh, you, you should have started this, you know, the moment you got, you, you, you got free time, you know? And so um, I'll tell you what hasn't changed about the job search is that uh, what I call career management, and this is a big part of my presentations that I do from stage, career management is networking. You, you need to network. You need to uh, talk to people. Right. I, I find a lot of people are more comfortable sitting on the job boards and applying to jobs. And there's a lot of reasons and, and there's data to back up why job boards are just not a good job search strategy. 
and you need to talk to people and, and, and try and become a part of the hidden job market. Um, the other thing that hasn't changed is, is what we used to call in the 1800s and the 1900s, and now we call it personal branding, right? But back then it used to be called reputation, now it's personal branding. Um, we need to be known. And, and that's actually a part of networking. You know, as you network, people are gonna understand who you are and, and what you have to offer and how they can help you and that you're available and that you're interested and willing. And, and that, that is part of your temporary personal brand. Um, but they also need to know that you are somebody who has integrity and somebody who might fit into a certain culture or work on a certain team and have certain competencies and have certain experience that can help a company. Um, so th those are, you know, big parts of my message are you need to uh, continually network and work on your brand. Um, what I, I guess if there's something that has changed, I'd say I'm seeing a lot more age discrimination now than I saw back in 2006. And there was plenty in 2006. I mean, this isn't anything new, but um, the idea of age discrimination and how we have to battle that is different now than it has been in the past. Thank you for that, Jason. And you mentioned something important early on when you said you kind of got down. From experience, what I'm finding is that there are, as I said, so many people that are in the job search mode and at all levels. And so give us some thoughts about maybe what you learned when you felt like it was a failure. And, uh, you know, that had to take some, some um, what would I say, some attitude adjustment to get back yeah, up the for, next absolutely. day. And so yeah. what are some things that you would say to people when they are losing a job or trying to transition into something new that uh, can keep the mojo up? Well, there's a lot of things I would say. One thing I say, my wife does too. We, we didn't coordinate this, but she told me one day that you know somebody lost their job and she said, congratulations. And, uh, and I say that too, because um, people I think are comfortable in a situation that they might not love. And so losing their job is an involuntary way of getting out of a not great situation. And they get to start over. They, they get a, you know, whether it's a career change or an industry change or, you know, anything like that, change can be good. It's not necessarily fun and it's not necessarily easy but man, there might be an amazing company or opportunity or boss that you're gonna transition into. And so that's really exciting. What I needed in my job search to um, get out of my depression, and, and, and I wanna recognize the difference between a clinical depression and a non-clinical depression. Like I, I'm, I wasn't clinically depressed, but I was, in a, I was feeling very, very down because of my situation. I needed options. I needed something other than what I felt like was hitting a bunch of brick walls. And so I think it was about a month or six weeks into my job search, I started to look at doing, um, uh, creating alternative re revenue streams. And I had three different ideas and two of them that I didn't choose, I think they were pretty cool, but I chose to do jibber jobber uh, and, and work in the job search space. 
And um, I went from waking up in the morning thinking, okay, now I need to contact 30 people today and I need to send a bunch of emails and, and apply to new jobs and all this stuff that I'd been doing that didn't get me anywhere. And, and so now I was waking up thinking, okay, today I'm going to design this part of the system or I'm going to address the database or I'm going to address the mobile or I'm going to address whatever. But I now had something hopeful to wake up to and to work on. It helped that this was my comfort zone. Like I, I, I've been a product manager and a web developer for most of my career, pretty much all of my real career. Um, and so I wasn't, you know, this networking thing I wasn't accustomed to and I, I didn't understand it and I didn't really like it. And the idea of doing it felt kind of sleazy, but, but I, if I knew I could wake up and do, you know, three or four or five hours of product management stuff, that was more fun. And what I didn't understand was that I was introducing an option into my, my routine, my day, my daily routine, and even into my future. Years and years later, I was talking to Dick Bowles, who wrote What Color Is Your Parachute? And he listened to a keynote presentation <clears throat> that I did. And after the presentation, he said, Jason, your message and my message are the same message. And I said, what is that, Dick? Because I talked for two hours about stuff, and I wasn't sure what my message really was. And he said, <clears throat> ours is a message of hope. And when we show people that they have options, we give them hope. And it just, it clicked for me. I realized that having options, you know, when you have other income streams, when you have other things that you can do, when you have options, everything's different. But if you only have one choice and you're stuck with that one choice, um, that, can, that can get to where you become hopeless. That's great advice. That's really great advice. And I'll add something to that is that when you do look at your options and when you are going through this job search mode, how important it is to really own and understand your own values because that directs, doesn't it, Jason, the direction in which you likely would want to move into whatever that next space is. Can you share a case study maybe, since you're doing this kind of work, as to someone that you helped in a job search mode come up with some options and what that looked like? Uh, let me think. I have worked with so many people over the years, and whether it's from on stage or, uh, or, or through my blogs or whatever, I'll share an idea that I had with somebody um, in um in one of my presentations and it, this was actually really fun so this lady came up to me and she said i, I want to talk to you about my personal brand because this is who i am this is what i have to offer and as we were talking i said um you know th this this was a, a lady who was very well put together very articulate and she she carried an air like an authority about her she was genuine and approachable um, but she was someone you would listen to, you know, and uh, as we were talking, she told me that she had what might have been my dream job, which is to create recipes. So companies would call her up and say, hey, we have this new product line and we need a new recipe. Could you could you create a recipe that we could buy from you and uh, and then we'll put it on the packaging? And I thought, how fun is that? And so what I learned was that she was a master chef. 
and uh, and she loved being in the kitchen and she loved creating and building and it just sounded really fun to me so um, as we were talking I, I was I was putting these two different things together like this lady with authority and a genuine presence who you would listen to and then this this uh, knack for being in the kitchen and 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 teaching and I had recently been on the road a lot speaking professionally and there's an enormous amount of money in, in professional speaking. And I said, have you ever thought about doing speaking or actually let's change that to corporate training? And she was in an environment where there was a lot of big companies with big uh, training budgets. And I said, here's what I would do. Um, invite some of your friends, neighbors, you know, people you know, invite them and their significant other over for a dinner of cooking with you and you're a master chef and it you know how many how many chances do you get to to do something like that and as you are in this environment where you're uh teaching really cool uh cooking things um you can talk about this offering that you have which is that you do the same thing in a corporate setting for teams and you can actually teach things like teamwork. Um, you can teach sales techniques. You can basically teach any leadership or management concept in the kitchen. Uh, you can tell I love working in the kitchen. And so um, she was like, oh, yeah, I have this great analogy where did you know, uh, what is it? Uh, is it oil and vinegar don't mix or uh, I think it's oil and vinegar, oil and water or whatever it is. And she said, do you know how to mix those? And I said, I have no idea. And she said, well, you just put a drop of mustard in and then you stir it up and whatever the mustard has a property that makes those two things mix. And I thought, man, there's at least half a dozen things you could share with teamwork or culture or you know something along those lines where you add one little element from the outside and that can change the dynamics of, of the entire um, uh, team or, or mixture or whatever. And so anyways, my thought was if she were to do that and I give her pretty much a business plan of how to you know, get customers and stuff like that, I figured she could charge easily $5,000 to $10,000 per engagement doing mm -hmm. corporate training. And I said, you know, with that kind of money, go get chef's hats and wooden spoons and autograph them. And everybody comes in and now you're in an environment where you where the people are having smell and taste and and sight and they're touching and now you're using all of your senses talking about something that you could have done in a powerpoint in a very boring way right um that's a really cool idea of helping someone who was looking for a job and helping someone figure out what their brand was to now saying hey if you want here's a way that you can make ten thousand dollars every one two or three months and uh, and that's empowering you know and yeah if you want to get a job go get a job but you can take a half a day of leave and go do this corporate training and make $10,000. And so that's one example of one of my, um, of using my message and helping people in their careers. What a great idea. You just tapped into one of her, I'm tired of the word passion, but that's what it is. One of her passions, yeah. something that she just really enjoyed. And oh, how interesting. Maybe I could make some kind of a career out of it. And you know, think about this too, Jason. In today's world, with video and Facebook Live, how many people have in fact used video to get out there and try some things? And many of them have, have worked, like the the woman you talked about I love that I have to say I love cooking and it is my passion you know how I use it I'm going to tell you 
So when I have clients in person, instead of yeah. getting some goodies from the bakery, I bring pumpkin bread typically or something that I've baked. And so I also share with people, you know, when you're going through some of those downtimes and feeling yeah. like, oh, what value do I have? Do something for somebody else. It really helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to get to your books because you have some really interesting ones, Jason. One of them, of course, is I'm on LinkedIn. Now what? <laughs> and then yeah. you follow that with I'm on Facebook. Now what? And then yeah. you have one called 51 Alternatives to a Real Job. So I want to talk about the LinkedIn one for social media. Talk to us a little bit about um, social media in times of professionals and especially leaders. A lot of our listeners are in leadership. And that's a tough road to hoe in terms of, well, do I want to be on social media or not? And if so, where? Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one because, um, you know, when you get into a leadership or management position, you get really busy. And you and if you see LinkedIn as a uh, as a personal marketing tool, um, then you kind of feel like maybe you're cheating on your company by having a profile. Um, personally, I want people on my team to be on LinkedIn. I want them to be active on LinkedIn because, um, you know, if, if they get another job that's better, then good for them, really. I mean, I, 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 I can't handcuff you to my organization and I want you to have personal success. Um, but the, I think what, um, what we need to understand is that um, the relationships that we can find and nurture and use from LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram or whatever, yeah. um, you know, if there's humans there and, and and there's a reason why they're in there uh, and it's similar to whatever our reason is, then let's make some connections. You know, the, 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 the idea of having a storefront and people having to walk physically into your storefront, which means your audience is very limited geographically, that's gone in everything that I can imagine. Um, I deal with people. I, I wrote a blog post a few days ago saying, you know, th this morning I've already had communications with people in Costa Rica and the Philippines and Mexico and various places. And that was just within the first few hours of the day. You know, um, I, I want to find the best of the best and I want to find people that can help me and I want to help and if you're a leader or a manager in, in an organization you might find your next great hire or your next great you know gigant or your next great customer or your next great uh, sneezer right your evangelist the person who will talk about you to their audience you might find these people on LinkedIn so yeah I think you really need to think about LinkedIn and these other social tools different than this is a, a, a replacement for monster. Like this is a job thing and more, this is a professional networking environment. And if I'm gonna spend time to go to a network meeting once a month, you know, at the Chamber of Commerce, I can spend time to go out on LinkedIn and have professional networking there. Well, uh, we're singing to the choir here. LinkedIn, of all of the things you've said, Jason, LinkedIn is a must. I'm just gonna put it out there. If you're a professional, People can know you, and you can have your voice on LinkedIn. 
by what you say in your summary, your profile. Now they call it about. But I just really encourage all of you to have a presence on LinkedIn. Now tell us about the book 51. 51. How did you come up with 51 alternatives to a real job? What's that about? <laughs> well, it was supposed to be 101. And then once I got started and realized that I, I wanted to do deeper and do case studies and do interviews, 101 just became overwhelming. And uh, so I said, all right, we're doing 51. Um, it really was going to be 101 because I had 101 ideas. But, but what I wanted to do was more than a, a blog post. I wanted to do more than a list. I wanted to have people who were doing these things tell their stories. And so I wrote 51 Alternatives to a Real Job. Uh, and what was interesting is when I was on the road speaking, I would say, oh, and by the way, I'm working on this book. And amazingly, that's what people asked me about. They didn't ask me about Jibber Jobber. They didn't ask me about LinkedIn. They didn't ask me about anything else I was doing. They said, when is that book coming out? Because I am sick and tired of having, of relying 100% on an employer that, as we all know, is fairly fickle, right? Um, I mean, really, I, I'm not sure I know anybody who knows where they're going to be in three years from now. Um, and so people really wanted to have, going back to Dick Bowles, they wanted to have options. And this book is about options. Some of the ideas... Yeah, I mean, you might read through this book and think, no way, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. But what I really want you to think about is, okay, these are interesting ideas for other people. What are ideas that I could do, implement, use, create, right? And so I'm not saying you got to do any of my 51 ideas. What I'm hoping is, as you read through the book, you get your own ideas and you start thinking, you know what, maybe I can do this thing that can make me a couple hundred bucks a month or 500 or a thousand dollars a month outside of anything I'm getting from my main employer. Now you have really hit a chord. I know with a whole lot of people and thank you. You are offering that book. How are you offering it to our listeners today? Well, through you, um, I'll give the ebook to anybody who wants it. So uh, at no cost. So Valerie, you tell us what to do to get That's the ebook, great. and uh, and they can get it. And I want the book too. So all you have to do, listeners, watchers, is send me an email, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com, all spelled out, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com, and just say book. And I'll know exactly what it is, and we will get that to you. So, Jason, thank you so much for that. I want to then um, ask you, of all the things we've talked about, what is your sweet spot now? What are you doing now that listeners need to know, and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, I just got goosebumps. Um, in, in February of this year, I had an idea to create a product for job seekers and I called the job search program. And it's a six week coaching program. It's a self-guided coaching program. So you wake up in the morning and then you listen to me tell you what to do that day, every day for six weeks. And you can find it at jobsearchprogram.com. I love Jibber Jobber. I love my books. I love the courses that I've been able to create. I've loved, I've loved everything I've done, but I think that this is the most meaningful and valuable thing that I've ever created uh, because this is going to help. This would have helped me back in 2006 through my depression and being stuck and doing the wrong things. This is what I needed back then 
to do the right things and get real traction in my job search. And it's very simple. It's based on doing informational interviews. There's, there's nothing really secret about it, but it's a it, this self-guided program I think is really, really powerful. Again, that's at jobsearchprogram.com. That's really good. And I know you're going to get some people contacting you because you are doing it right. Now, I ask you, Jason, to leave us and to think about what lessons learned, I call them teachable points of view. What are some of your teachable points of view to tell our listeners that through all of this, and by the way, being a dad of five kids, I have to tell you, tell you all who are listening this, not only five kids, dogs, cats, and a snake. Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> but tell us those points of view that you have come up with that you tell your kids. Yeah, I, I'm going to go back to pounding the drum of multiple streams of income. Uh, this is the idea that you are creating uh, revenue streams that if, for example, when I started Jibber Jobber, my goal was to make $100 a month. I, I thought I was going to pursue my career and have a big job and, and a big income, but I wanted to have $100 coming in from some other place so that if I got laid off again, and I knew it would happen, that I would be able to sit down and say, okay, they took away everything, but they didn't take away this hundred dollars. And it was just this last October that I got laid off. I had a job last year and uh, I got laid off. And through my revenue streams, I was making two and a half times the amount that my salary, my take home pay was. And it sucked getting laid off. I didn't like that, uh, but it was amazing to sit there and know that I had created revenue streams where I could sit back and say, okay, you basically took away one revenue stream and it wasn't even a majority of my income. So, you know, I'm not happy about this, but I'm going to be okay. Wow. What a message of hope. Give us another one. What's another lesson you've learned? I want to impress upon my kids the importance of perspective. So back in January, it was Friday the 13th that I got laid off. Uh, and, it, and it was really dark for a few months. My wife and I got to a point where we weren't really communicating. Somebody asked her, how's Jason doing? And she said, I don't know. We don't talk anymore. And it was because we had made this agreement. We, we didn't even tell each other, but I was only going to tell her positive things that was happening and she was only going to tell me positive things and we were both in such a sad place that there was no positive things which meant we didn't talk to each other right and now you know years and years later it's completely different and um if i were to continue with that perspective of the sky is falling and nothing's going right and why me and all that stuff I don't think I would have pulled out of it. You, you, you can't network well when you're in a dark place. Um, you, you, you can't do much of anything well when you're in a dark place. And so um, I would invite you, you know, no matter how bad things feel right now, to kind of try and get perspective. And you might need to do that through a friend. You might need to do that through a counselor. Um, I'm not sure how you'll need to do it. I, the way I got it was... Um, I, I saw this, this opportunity to create jibber jobber and not be stuck with hitting my head against that brick wall. So maybe what you need to do to change your perspective is to look for other options 
and realize that you do have multiple options. Um, but just just understand that that perspective can change. And usually we're looking at things not through the right glasses. Thank you, Jason. And when um, when people come to me for some of the same things, I just tell them the importance of what you just said, reaching out. Too many people feel like, well, I don't want to be that vulnerable, or they may not see me as successful as I was, or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, God uses us, and it's people who can help people and bring hope. So many times, like you, we get people who come to us who say, you know, I just finally figured out I can't figure it out. So would you agree with that? That's good. Absolutely. And, and I'll go back to your uh, to what you said a little bit ago was maybe what you need to do is instead of looking for people to help you, you need to look for people you can help. And when I did that in my job search, I, I would go to network meetings intent on figuring out who could add value to me. And then one day I realized I need to go there to add value to others. And that's it. Mm -hmm not even looking for value to me and everything changed my, my perspective my demeanor and the value that i got out of those meetings completely changed because i was going there looking to serve and it was it was very powerful <laughs> that, that reminds me of just recently going to a networking event and i've learned through the years just like you have to say how can i help what can i do very few people do that and so yeah. I'm very attuned to those who say, well, Valerie, is there anything I can do for you? Or how can I help you? And so just the other night, I did go to an event, and we were just getting to know each other. And that person at the end of the conversation did say, is there anything I can do to help you? And I almost hugged him. <laughs> I thought, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> I had to stop and think what I'd say next. But isn't that just a nice attitude to have if you go to these network events at least this is what I share with people. Go with the attitude besides what you're saying is what can you, a service attitude. But also go to the event realizing you have value that you can bring to someone else. Maybe you've got a ton of resources. Maybe you've traveled many different places. Maybe you've got a talent or a gift. Whatever it is, stop and think. No matter what's going on right now, I can bring value to someone if they'll just give me a chance to get to know them. So we've given a lot of tips today, haven't we, Jason? Yeah, good conversation. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally got together. It's been a year trying to get you, my friend. You are speaking <laughs> all over the country. You're making a difference in thousands of people's lives. And again, thank you so much for offering this book called 51 Alternatives to a Real Job, giving real stories and ideas on how you have options. And then also you wanted to mention, and you can get that by putting in the subject line to my email, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. You mentioned something about this course. Do you want to tag onto that? I've been creating courses for a site called Plural Site, and uh, for since 2012, I have 33 courses right now, mm -hmm. and um, I can offer a 30-day pass, a full pass, no no strings attached, 
You don't even need a credit card and you can get full access to this site full of tons of awesome courses. And uh, so if, if you just email Valerie, then she'll tell you how you can do that. That is very special, my friend, and so are you. And I wish you just all the continued successes in the world because you're the kind of leader who is doing it right, Jason. Thank you for being you. on the show today. Thank you. And Thank you so much. One more time. If you want to take advantage of Jason Alba's offer, which is to get his book, 51 Alternatives to a Real Job, and have a 30-day pass to some of his fabulous courses, just email me, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com and put in there either book or courses. I don't know, maybe both. Until next time, you stay authentic, live your brand, and show up with presence. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.